Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your glamorous host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the alluring Karen Randazzo. Do you really want to hurt me? And the ever-engaging Chris Randazzo. If you wet yourself, I'll send you back to Earth. We talk television. So, be forewarned, there are spoilers. So, if you are not wanting spoilers for Wicked City... Black Mirror's Christmas special, The Muppets television series, or Dragon Ball Super, stop listening. Go check them out, get all the info you want, then come back. The important part, as always, is to come back. So, this week, I'm going to let you start, Chris. What do you got for us? Well, now that the spoiler talk is out of the way, everyone dies on all those shows. The end. (laughs) (laughs) On my show, that's kind of true. (laughs) On my show, that's kind of true, too. Everyone has died at some point or another. Uh, Good times. On my show, it's a fate worse than death, so. Ooh. Right? All right, before I jump into Dragon Ball Super, real quick, uh, today, on the day that we are recording this show... Uh, which is November 10th, 2015, They uh, Joel Hodgson, the original creator of Mystery Science Theater 3000, launched a Kickstarter to relaunch Mystery Science Theater 3000. Brand new episodes. Uh, they need to raise a whole bunch of money to do so, and this is in hopes of starting a new series. So we'll get these episodes as long as this gets funded, but the idea is to take these episodes and then use them to get a network or an online community or, or, or something like Netflix to make new episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 going forward. And as my friend John put it earlier today, uh, no, it wasn't John, it was Bill. Yes, as Bill said, if we can get new Wet Hot American Summer... <laughs> really? Like, absolutely agree with that <laughs> statement. <laughs> I mean, come on now. And that was that was lovely. I was very happy with that. But that is... Freaking niche as heck. <laughs> if that can happen, we got to Netflix. Give us new Mystery Science Theater. Make if, it happen. If, if I recall correctly, their uh, start goal was like is two point two million. Two point two million uh, will get us three episodes, and then a one point one million uh, in one point one million increments on top of that, that going all the way up to um, uh, five point five million or whatever, we can get up to like a whole season. So each one point one million after that, we'll add three more episodes. Uh, that they'll be able to do. What do you think they do with that one point one million dollars? You know, I was I was wondering that myself. I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of the initial startup is, you know, they're they're going to have to make the new sets. Um, mm-hmm. They're making uh, you know a bunch of different puppets. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what this kind of stuff costs. I mean, they got to get rights to whatever movies that they're going to do, and then they're probably also not just doing the rights to brought like. When they did the movies originally, there were all this, like, you know, just reels and stuff that they had in these old studios. But now this is designed kind of like to future proof it. Because the way Mr. Science Theater get, gets released is that Shout Factory, who has the, the current rights to release Mr. Science Theater episodes, they have to, they don't release like seasons at a time because it all depends on the movies that they're riffing. So they have to go find the rights holders to those original movies and then negotiate uh, so individual rights agreements for every single movie. So that's movie. probably the giant chunk of right. Yeah, that's where the yeah because going. they're designing this now to not only be broadcast on the internet or wherever else, but also to be able to package and sell like for the future. So that's 
if I had to make an assumption, I'd say that's where a lot of this money is going to. And that's where all my information comes from, Chris, your assumptions. Ah. <laughs> if you guys go to the uh, MST actual, the Kickstarter page, there is a little note on there from Crow T. Robot explaining what he would do with some of the money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, there's also that as well. <laughs> yes. Oh, you'll, you'll appreciate that, Evan. <laughs> uh, go go ahead. Read, read the first one, Evan, uh, Karen. What was, what's, what was the first thing he did with it? I'm scrolling, and I believe that my iPad is slow, and it's something about... I like pop figures. I intend to oh. roll most of the money into Funko stock, plus a few hat parties. Oh, okay. Now, that's not right. <laughs> okay. I have kicked the habit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If there was a Crow T robot Funko pop, I'd probably buy it. I, I can almost guarantee at some point in time, there will be. As long as it's paired with a Tom Servo. Well, no, it'll never be paired. They have to sell them individually. Well, you know what I mean. Oh, as okay. long as they're both released, <laughs> oh, and, and made available. Yeah. Gotcha. What was the big, right. the vacuum one? The uh, gypsy. 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 Thank you. All right. So, what's your show today? All right. Um, show notes. Kickstarter. Go there. Dragon Ball Super season one episode eighteen. I have come to training begins on Beerus's planet because the Japanese know how to name episodes of things. <laughs> It's so great. I I love the intros to these things. Every episode, they they sh- they say they don't just say like the episode title and like flash at the bottom of the screen. Like it's a whole separate screen with all the Dragon Balls on it and some really like bright, happy, boppy, cheesy music. And like they read the episode title. It's every single one. It's fantastic. <laughs> Sounds borderline okay. racist, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um. I'm not going to go too far into things. Um, I know I've said this before. (laughs) Very recently, as a matter of fact. Very recently. Almost like this is a second take. Uh, (laughs) I thought I was just having really bad deja vu. Last time on Dragon Ball Super. Um, Goku was fighting the god of destruction, Beerus. Beerus is designed uh, to look like a cat, like an Egyptian cat. And... Uh, Goku, as strong as he got, eventually lost to Beerus. Um, Beerus, because he lost, was like, all right, cool. Uh, well, you lost, so I get to destroy the Earth because I'm the god of destruction. It's what I do. Except he's a cat. So after being exhausted from his fight with Goku, he's gearing up to blow up the planet, and then he falls asleep right then and there, standing up, bubble coming out of his nose, whole nine yards, flat out asleep. Everyone's like looking at him like, did he do it? Are we dead? Did we die? It's like, no, no, just blast, shot up into space. Probably killed some other random planet somewhere. Jupiter probably doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, Beerus just falls asleep. So his little caretaker guy, Whis, packs him up, takes him back to his home planet. While the whole fight with Vegeta, not Vegeta, Goku and Beerus was going on, Whis found out that Earth has phenomenal food, and Whis is a foodie. So Whis, while Beerus is sleeping it off for like 40, 50 years at a time, that's what he does, he keeps coming back to Earth, hanging out with Bulma to like get new food. Bulma, married to Vegeta, the other Saiyan, who is like Goku's major rival, but nowhere, not quite as strong as Goku. Is that especially the, at the green moment. guy? No, Vegeta? that's Piccolo. Okay. All right. Vegeta's the shorter blue guy with the, the pointy black hair. Okay, yeah, just trying to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll draw a flow chart. It'll be great. 
So uh, Vegeta finds out that Whis has been coming back to Earth, and then he finds out that Whis, who he thought was just like Beerus' caretaker, was actually Beerus' teacher, trained the freaking god of destruction, who was like insanely powerful. So Vegeta begs Whis to let him train. Uh, he uh, gets to do that by uh, showing Whis some delicious food. That was his. That was his um, uh, condition. This is this is especially funny because um, way back in the original Dragon Ball. Goku and Krillin, uh, his best friend Krillin, when they were little kids, they went to go train under Master Roshi. And the way that they had to train under Master Roshi was also with some a bribe type of situation. Except while Whis is looking for food, Master Roshi was looking for porn. Because <laughs> Japan. <laughs> because Japan. <laughs> because Japan. Okay, we didn't get that in the first take, but awesome. No, uh, that, was, that was a point I actually forgot to make, so I'm glad I got to go back and make it. All right, so... Vegeta convinces Whis to take him to train because Vegeta introduces Whis to the wonders of instant ramen. <laughs> because instant ramen is so freaking good. It's like they're going around all these fancy restaurants, Bulma's taking him to all these great places and like crazy fancy sushis and steaks and whatnot. And Vegeta's like, I got this. I got this. Nothing's better than instant ramen. And like Whis eats it and his head like explodes. He's like, This is a cornucopia of flavors. It's magnificent. You may train with me. Clearly, he's never had MSG before. <laughs> I guess MSG is t- an Earth thing. They probably don't have MSG throughout the galaxy. God, I hope not. <laughs> so, anyway, um, uh, Vegeta leaves with Whis and they're gone for like six months. During this time, um, we get some great backstory on um, some characters that are getting older. Um, the the characters in the Dragon Ball universe, and one of the things I like so much about this show, as opposed to a lot of American things, is that the characters get older. You know, we start the show and everybody is kids. Like, there's kids and teenagers. And by this point, it's years and years later. Uh, Goku's son is all grown up, had a kid of his own. Um, his best friend Krillin, who was his equal and rival when they were kids, Goku, as an alien, just continues to get better and better and better. Krillin is still, like, he can still fly and shoot laser beams out of his hands, but he's nowhere near the power of, like, this... That's not enough? Well, that's the thing. Like, you would think it is, and they address that in the show, which is interesting. Like, Krillin's like, I'm still, by normal person standards, like, insanely powerful, but he doesn't he hasn't kept up with his martial arts because like Goku and Piccolo and Vegeta and, and all these new characters that have showed up have completely and totally outclassed him. Like there's just like, he's couldn't even sniff those guys on a on a fighting level. Um so Krillin decides to become a cop, which I thought was a neat thing for that kind of character to do. And he uses his like quasi superhuman powers to like be a legal cop and like stop criminals and whatnot. So you know, people pull guns on him, and he just doesn't give a crap because he <laughs> he's faster than bullets. But you know, compared to the Super Saiyan Four Goku or whatever, like he's nothing compared to that stuff. So they address those kinds of things. Like the certain characters have limits that others don't, and like you know, Krillin he has a wife and he has a kid of his own and so he decided to become a cop and I thought that was really neat and him and Goku got to hang out together and just like be friends because they're lifelong friends they've always been best friends um but they kind of replaced him uh with this uh they've 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 done an interesting thing of putting Vegeta in the Krillin position now uh because this episode that I'm specifically talking about is um is all about training Goku finds out 
uh, that Vegeta has been gone for six months training with Whis and just completely flips out because Goku is also all about training and all about being like the strongest there is. They have this rivalry with Vegeta who is like obsessed with being stronger than Goku. Goku finds out about this. Um, his granddaughter, Pan, uh, is like locked in this room with Goku's wife, Pan's mom, and uh, uh, Pan, I think the, no, it's just uh, the three women. They're in there arguing about like how irresponsible like Gohan and, and, and her granddad are taking care of Pan. And um, she over, Goku's like listening in through the wall and overhears that uh, Vegeta's been gone for six months training. And he, I seriously bust through the wall Kool-Aid man style. <laughs> Like <laughs> big, like drool coming down his mouth. He's like, "Oh he's yeah!" It, it was hysterical. I was watching this at work, and I was trying not to actually laugh out loud. Like it was ridiculous. Um, I was on a break, so it was fine. But it was like okay. it's it, it, it's on, and I'm like, I try to I keep myself real relatively quiet, and I'm, I'm on break. I'm watching the episode, and eat my lunch or whatever, and like I just started cracking up because like the look on his face was insane. Because you were just like, "Oh my god, there's a way to get stronger," and I don't know about it and Vegeta knows about it let me go let me go let me go let me go what 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 so uh, he finds out that you know Whis has been coming back to Earth periodically convinces Bulma to convince Whis to let Goku uh, go off and train and he, he does uh, mostly like he doesn't have to do some weird food thing with Whis Whis just looks at him and says alright cool because he figures now Vegeta has caught up to where Goku is power level wise and now he wants the two of them to train together this is just me inferring that. Okay. What I liked so much about it was that this was all very old school. It had a lot of throwbacks to the original Dragon Ball, like with the way that um, Vegeta had to convince Whis to uh, to let him train through bribery. Once Goku was there, they did this bit where they were lifting up these like insanely heavy things, and the ground was disappearing underneath them, which was a harken back to when. Uh, Krillin and Goku trained under Master Roshi. They had to wear these these giant turtle shells that weighed like insane amounts of, of weight so that they could like increase their strength. Um, they did a whole farming thing where they had to cut down all these weeds. Goku and Krillin used to have to do the same thing for Master Roshi. And um, it was really interesting. It was a nice callback. And I love these training episodes because they give a sense of it's not a sense of realism, it's a sense of explanation to how these characters get to be as insanely strong as they are. Well, it gives the show some sort of depth, it seems. It does. Um, but probably one of my favorite moments in Dragon Ball Z, there was a character named Videl, who uh, Gohan is Goku's kid. She's just a normal human. And like that's the thing that's interesting about this world, is that you'd think it's like this this world that's kind of like, oh, well, everything's bizarre, and nobody cares that people can fly. But these these main characters are like, they're a secret from the rest of the world. The rest of the world is fairly normal, so when they see somebody flying, they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> that, that that's not okay. People don't do that. So uh, Gohan, he, he winds up meeting this girl and they fall in love or whatever, but one of the things that she makes him do is is explain how he can fly into all this stuff, and they had a whole episode devoted to Gohan teaching Videl, a normal human, like how to do the the weird like energy blasts and and fly and stuff and really explaining the science behind it and it was like little moments like that a lot of people consider them filler and I I always look at it like those are the things that give this show its uh, the heart and like this this real sense of cohesion and and it, like I said not realism's not the word but it it all makes it all make sense and these training episodes like this 
I, I I think they're I think they're the world, and I was I was super happy with it. And at the very end, they gave some interesting hints on what's happening next. Apparently, they're going into the whole resurrection of Frieza thing, which was a a movie that they did recently. The movies and the TV show don't really coexist. Oh. And they introduced other characters to something called Champa, something called Valdos. I don't know what they are. They look a lot like Whis and Beerus. So, but they just showed up at the very end, and I was jazzed. I I'm really loving this show. It sounds like uh, what you're talking about is that they every once in a while will prove that they've thought about the details of this universe. Yes, exactly. Like the, these things, even if it's something that's completely insane, like a, a fusion or a transformation, they've they've put some sort of feeling of of that these characters have earned their abilities, and that's what I really like. Like. Like Goku gets the crap kicked out of him all the time, and and like when they show them training, the training is really hard, and it always goes to add to that. Like when they finally get those big battles with the big bad guys, that they've earned their power, and like they're really good at it. You, it makes you want to root for them even more because you know that they didn't just, I'm not you know for lack of a better term, like get bit by a radioactive spider, like. They he earned it. Yeah. They they worked for it, and they they always put a big emphasis on you know learning and training. Like that's how you get stronger is being healthy and training. <laughs> I think it's really cool. I I love it. So yeah, Dragon Ball Super is going great. Sounds really entertaining. It's funny because um, when you told me that you were possibly going to be reviewing the show, I happened to be wandering through Facebook and you know falling down that rabbit hole, and there was this video of this little girl. Who is doing a martial arts demonstration? Oh, the sword thing! That she spun that sword around for like <laughs> I don't know forty five, fifty minutes, and I don't know if you watched it full through, but I did because at the very end of it, she is she's like really close to what I'm assuming is the judges, but she sheathes the sword, drops to her knees, flexes, and draw. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like seven, maybe nine. <laughs> That's awesome. It just made me think of you. Well, it, it, it sounds. Ve- I'm just shocked that you have everybody's name in order. I mean, there's there, there's a <laughs> lot of names. Suspicious. So, ah, uh, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Karen. Yes. What you got for me? Well, I had a little time in my schedule. My Nashville was off last week. Oh no! Oh no! I say nay nay. Uh, <laughs> and then I whip. <laughs> um, so uh, I did something I don't normally do, which is I went in blind to a new show. Uh, I'd seen a, a woman I know in a mom's group uh, say something about, has anybody watched this show? Wicked City? It's so cool. And I just didn't look into it any further. I just said, well, let's see what the hell this is. <laughs> so if if you don't like it, it's her fault. Exactly. Good to know. Okay. Carrie, you're off the hook. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> Carrie, big uh, fan of the show. Good job. Big shout out. Uh, so, yeah, um, it turns out that this is the story of uh, some cops hunting a serial killer in L.A. in 1982, I'm going to say. Two. You could just say 80 because it's all about the 80s, man, the show. Yeah, the 80s threw up all over this show. 
they are very proud of themselves and getting as many like, oh, check out my new computer. It's an Apple 5150. It's the fastest. <laughs> I actually like the MTV reference. It's like, <laughs> who's going to watch a, a channel, channel that just shows music videos? <laughs> like, and it's cute, but like, it's enough. So, you know. I could take like one or two of those an episode. Any more than that, it's like, okay, this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We get Especially it. for those of us who lived through the 80s. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I see what you did there. Okay. Uh, so the uh, premise is this guy um, named Kent, who is played by Ed Westwick, who is whose thing is he was on Gossip Girl. That wasn't my jam, but... I know it was a big deal for some people. Um, he, he was on that uh, uh, sub- suburban. What the hell was the name of that show? Him suburbia. And, suburbia. Him and oh. his daughter um, hmm. trapped in suburbia. If I'm not mistaken. All right, that was also not my jam. Suburgatory. So. <laughs> Suburgatory. Oh, <laughs> all right. God bless the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, he's done some things. So he's he he's a. Uh, He's a person that you should know. <laughs> uh, and he plays uh, Kent, who goes out and picks up ladies and then uh, stabs them to death in his car. And uh, then it, and it's not clear to me whether he is, he, I guess he's copycatting or he, he's trying to attract the attention of this cop who solved a previous serial killer case by leaving victims like with at significant places from this previous case that he solved. Um, and the cop is played by uh, Jeremy Sisto, our Lord and Savior. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always say that because he did, he played Jesus one time. <laughs> this one time but he played Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see him uh, back in solving crimes. I, I, I enjoyed him on uh, Law and Order, so... You know what? Nice. I'm wrong. Jeremy Sisto is in Suburgatory. Ah, there you go. That's who I was confusing it with. Continue. <laughs> so, yeah, I, the show's really creepy. Like, the mm-hmm. serial... I mean, it's about a serial killer, but, like, his M.O. is super creepy. He picks up a girl, and then he, like, right before he takes her off, he goes in to a payphone. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and... Calls a radio station and calls a dedication in to her name. <laughs> her very specific real name. Not- exactly. <laughs> and uh, it dedicates some, like, significant... One of the songs he called in was Crimson and Clover. <laughs> Jesus, Mary. <laughs> yes. So and then when he gets the girl off in his car, the song comes on the radio and she looks at her and she goes, Aww! And then... <laughs> She proceeds to, you know, decide that since that he's been so sweet to make the effort of calling a radio station, that you know he deserves a beach. So <laughs> that's Which when happens. he re- that's when he reaches for the knife in the uh, in the head v- sun visor and you know stabs the crap out of her as the song plays. And as the investigation goes on, you find out that he is also a necrophiliac, which is gross. Um, there's a lot of gross in this show. Yeah, there's a lot of gross. Uh, so gross. then he meets uh, Betty, who is played by Erica Christensen. It's just nice to see her again after uh, she was on Parenthood. 
Okay. Well, rest in peace, Parenthood. Um, and she is going to be a victim, but then she's saved by her her babysitter on her beeper. Like I said, the 80s threw up on the show. <laughs> <It's> so true. <laughs> um, and he finds out she has kids and he decides he doesn't want to kill somebody who has kids because he loves kids. Not in that way, but <laughs> he loves kids. Uh, so she becomes his girlfriend and you find out about her and she's got some, kind of like a sadistic tendency in her. Like well, she, she goes she, full bore episode two, man. Yeah. Well, she she's a nurse and like you see her like cutting somebody's stitches like really violently and enjoying that that you know patients in pain and things like that you can tell like something's not right about her <laughs> she was a puppy killer when she was a child yeah something I, I don't know i mean and like they they tell a little bit of her backstory with her husband and he left and maybe she's you know been damaged by that i guess we'll find out she's definitely so, broken in some way shape or form yeah, and she seems, you know, she goes along with some of the weirder things he wants to do. He wants to have sex with her and, like, have her pretend like she's dead. Like, he doesn't say that, but he makes her, like, close your eyes, don't breathe, I'm going to tie up your arms, all these weird things. <laughs> but she goes along with it, and, you know, she this character is a very, like, 80s woman because she has, like, <laughs> no self-esteem. <laughs> It's like, yeah. yeah, I want this guy to like me, so I'll do all these weird things that he wants me to do. And then it turns out she likes them because she's pretty pretty broken herself. So uh, so where we are right now, well, we're this show airs on ABC on Tuesday night at 10 o'clock, so there will be a new episode in a few minutes. 35 well, minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, just listening to this whole description... Re- realizing coming to the realization it was on abc just kind of yeah yeah it's a network show made my head spin a little bit yeah, oh. they, and they they do some really creative things to like get around the fact that like there's a lot of sex and killing <laughs> and necrophilia and drug yeah, use and, th- and uh, this it's riddled with things for cable yeah <laughs> and yet it's working on on network um well i don't know how how much it's working i think it's doing it not a bad job but We'll we'll see how far the uh, series gets. Um, so she, as of episode two, they've developed something of a relationship, the two of them, and uh, he decides to bring her in on the killing. They go and get this girl. They pick up another girl, and uh, they do some kinky things with her and then he's gonna, he decides to like take the girl home afterwards and that's when he's gonna kill her, but he, she gets him to cuddle, and they end up falling asleep, and the girl leaves. So yeah, then they that, have to... That threw me. Like, why did all of a sudden he... Like, stop. Did something happen that I missed? Like, did she say something proper? Did, like... She, did, by all accounts, that woman should have been stabbed repeatedly at the end of that encounter. Right. Well, I think he was going to kill her, and then... She got him to come back to bed and go to sl- and he didn't mean to fall asleep. He fell asleep. And when he woke up, she was gone. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Things always happen when you fall asleep. Well, it, it, okay, so like the- Beerus was going to blow up the earth. <laughs> he passes out. <laughs> the two girls, the one that he liked, got him to. St- I remember now. Okay. Yes. All right. So then he spent a while trying to track this girl down because 
you know, you had like serial killer blue balls. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Eloquently put. I mean, perfect. (laughs) And, you know, eventually he did get her back. And uh, in the meantime, like this created some tension between uh, the girlfriend and the killer because she thinks, oh, he just likes this other girl better than he likes me. And he's like, oh, I want to tell you my secret, but I'm kind of I don't want to scare you away. So they do eventually find the girl and he decides to tell her the secret. And so he shows her what he does. Well, like he brings the girl into his car while the girlfriend's standing outside the car and she sees him do it. And that's where we've ended up with the like horrified reaction. So we'll see where that goes. But I did like the blood splatter or the spurts on the the glass that was separating the two of them. Yeah, the effects. Yeah. Horrific look on her face. It's really interestingly shot. Everything. I'll say this: like I picked up the show not knowing what to think, and uh, watching it sort of, you know, half paying attention, half checking my phone, half eating. By the end of both of the two episodes that I watched, I was not doing anything else, just paying attention to what was going on, and it would end, and I'd go, "This is interesting." Yeah, it, you know, it, it's definitely got something going for it. I'm not a hundred percent sure what that is just yet, but. Uh, I am I am probably going to check out a couple more episodes before giving up on it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I want to see where it goes. Like I feel like the cop character has some interesting dimensions to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got he's got a girlfriend and a wife. <laughs> and it, 80s. that was <laughs> that was I lots thought, of cocaine. <laughs> lots. Oh, there's cocaine everywhere. Cocaine like everybody, everybody's everywhere. doing cocaine. <laughs> Um, and at first they, they show it to you in a way that you think the girlfriend is a stripper and then you find out she's a cop undercover as a stripper, (laughs) (laughs) which honestly, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) It was kind of a surprise. To the point where when they first, like when she first said something about being a cop to, uh, to his partner, I kind of thought she was just lying and, you know, trying to cover for him so that he wouldn't get in trouble for talking to a stripper <laughs> it was a little but you know they keep going with it so obviously she is a cop yeah he at what, at what point in time uh he arrests her right to right um, yeah like just to, to, to protect to, her to protect cover. her cover <laughs> as a stripper <laughs> and uh and a drug dealer yes. apparently yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I'd like to see where this goes. I'd like to see how many more uh, 80s rock stars they're going to get into it. There, there they, were a couple. They do seem to find a way to shoehorn, like, and they'll just, when when the supposed, you know, they had Billy Idol, and then, what is that band that did the photograph song? They're doing the music video of. Aha. Uh-huh. No, no, it's not that You're not one. talking about Take On Me, are you? No, no, yeah. no, It's it's like Van Halen or something. Oh, no, um, I got nothing on that one. <laughs> well, whenever they show one of these, like, recognizable music acts, mm-hmm. they, <laughs> they, like, shoot it from a distance and, like, at all these crazy angles. One one shot they had the guys, like, he had, they all have super long hair and the fan was blowing the guy's hair straight across his <laughs> face. They're like, it's really him, but you just can't see it because of his hair. Well, um... The dude from the Eagles was in it. Um, yes, Joe, Joe Walsh. Walsh. Right. Yeah, he played the director of the music video. <laughs> it's it's 
like weird it's it's riddled with weird cameos like that so yeah oh and i did mention the girl there's a girl reporter who i'm not sure how i how i feel about her she has a cool name um her name is karen (laughs) (laughs) but uh i I can't Thaisa Thaisa Farmiga, which makes me think she's related to Vera Farmiga, but who knows? She was, um, oh crap, she was the one, she was in uh, American Horror Story. Ah, another one that is not my jam. Really? (laughs) Scary things, Evan. You're watching a show about a serial killer. That's a thriller. Okay. It's not Draw horror. The line. There is a difference. Okay. It's very specific. American Horror Story is a horror show. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just think these are the, 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 you know, clear delineations that we need to make. Absolutely. Fully understand, and I, I am on board with that. Anyway, Wicked City, check it out. Give it a shot. I think it's pretty interesting. Cool, cool, cool. All right, I'm going to hit up my show. Um, I happen to be listening to a podcast. Uh, I don't even remember which one it was. Probably involving Kevin Smith in some way, shape, or form. Um, they brought up the show Black Mirror, which is a BBC jam. Um, and this the person actually it was Kevin Smith. He was explaining the first episode. It is a BBC show, so it is three episodes per season, about 45 minutes to an hour per episode, Six years between seasons. Six years between seasons. Um, The best way I could put this show, it is a modern-day Twilight Zone. Um, Each one of the shows is relatively independent. They sort of carry over certain aspects, but, like, they're they're not linearly connected. Um, It's like they're all in the same universe, but they don't really necessarily have anything to do with each other, right? Right, right. Um, The reason... (laughs) And this is this says something about me. The reason I started to watch the show is because the explanation of the first episode is a the princess is kidnapped. I mean, like of England, and and Mario saves her. <laughs> no, um, and the ransom to save said princess is that the prime minister needs to have sexual relations with a pig on live television to be viewed internationally. Sold. (laughs) Right? Um, The first episode was, I mean, for that being the storyline, stunning. Like, I was drawn in. I was, the entire episode, it was tough to watch at certain points, but they they did a really good job, especially with the subject matter. Yeah, I checked this out, this episode out, and I, you know, finished watching it. I'm like, wow! I thought the show about the serial killer was going to be the most fucked up thing I watched this week. Nope, you're welcome. Um, but the one I'm actually reviewing is the Christmas episode. Uh, it's called White Christmas, and it stars full of white people. All, all white people, all of them. Uh, actually, there is one Asian dude in there. Um, it's Stars John Hamm, uh, which this was brought to my attention by Chris, and I said, "Oh, I'm definitely going to have to watch that episode." Starts off in a in a like a cabin or a, a shitty apartment looking thing, and it's John Hamm just cooking. He's actually making potatoes, and there's another guy in the room. Uh, his 
John Hamm plays the character of Matt, and the other character's name is Rafe Spall. He plays Potter. And apparently, British enough for you? Yeah, really. Uh, apparently, these two have been together for quite a while. Um, Potter doesn't talk very much, and John Hamm or Matt brings that to his attention. He's like, listen, it's Christmas time. We need to start having conversations. I mean, it's been like five years, and you've spoken, what, three sentences to me? Of course, I'm exaggerating. So we, we, we've come to the understanding that they've been together for some time, and Potter is not really a sharer. So to, to keep the episode moving along, John Hamm starts asking him very direct questions, like, how did he get here? Uh, what What's his story? And the guy then counters with, well, you tell me your story first. So apparently these two are in this place because something went wrong. Like, they did something wrong, or the, some, something's not right. So as we get, we're hearing John Hamm's backstory, um, one of the things in this universe is that people have this chip, or the, the, it's called a seed, right behind their, their ear, and it connects to their eyes, and it records everything that they see. And they have a little remote that they can go back and forth and, and watch and review, and it stores every bit, just like a, a regular old computer hard drive. So... They have worked out this way that people can connect to that chip so that you can see what they see. And John Hamm has started up this little business of helping hapless humans meet people. It's pretty much helping guys go get uh, go get chicks. So the, the, the episode continues with him talking this young man through going to a, 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 uh, like a bar or a Christmas party. He talks a kid into, and there's, I think, like 10 other guys. Like, he's got this little crew that he's helped all of these people score. So he's like the little ringleader of this group. Um, as this young man goes into the bar, he zooms in, like, this is the girl I want. Eventually, she comes on to him, and it works out. He ends up back at her apartment, um, and she kills him. She poisons him. <laughs> Now, the reason she poisons him is because she stopped taking her medication, and she can hear the voices too, and she could see that he could see that he is talking to some voices, and she's going to help them both out, so it was a murder-suicide, but all in good fun, you know, just to <laughs> help everybody out. Now, this is one of those good old jolly murder-suicides. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, of course. Because it's Christmas. Right. John Hamm and his little crew see this, and he's like, that's it, we stop recording, destroy everything, get out. And he, 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 he just negates everything. And as he's leaving, like, his office area, he gets caught by his wife and gets in trouble. So then they, the, the, the episode is broken up into parts with, with title cards. So that sort of ends the first part. They start up with Potter's story where he is involved with a young woman whose father doesn't like him, feels that he's not good enough. Their relationship progresses. Turns out she's pregnant, and she doesn't want to keep the child. And he's fighting. He says some pretty harsh things. Um, she, they're arguing and arguing, and, and apparently one of the features of the eye thing, the, the recording device, is you can block a person. And what happens when you block a person is... You see their silhouette, but it's all, like, static, like snow on a, on a television screen. And it blocks out their voice and image. So 
and for them, it blocks you. Are you following? Okay. She blocks him, and they go their separate, like, she leaves him. Now, he is alone and in solace this entire time, not knowing what's going on with her. He can't even look at pictures because this program has wiped out. You can't look at the person that has blocked you at all. Um, some point in time, he's wandering, he's, he's, you know, doing like an errand or something, and he sees her, and she's blocked, um, and she's pregnant still. Like, she was going to give up the kid, she said, I'm not having this child, and he can obviously tell by the silhouette that she's pregnant, he tries to approach her, shit goes sideways, and she runs away, um, she ends up going to her father's house, and he follows her there. And this is right around Christmas time, and she goes to her dad's every Christmas to spend some time. So this progresses. This happens, again, every year. He keeps going back there on Christmas to see her. Eventually, she has the child. Now, the blockage also blocks out the child. So he can't tell if it's a boy, if it's a girl, nothing. It's just static. So every year it progresses, and eventually the child gets to an age where he can tell that it's a little girl. Um, so he, he, he gets this little girl a little present, and he leaves it. Um, she takes it in. He finds out at some point in time that the mother has died in an accident. Okay? And now the... the the Once the, the person that has blocked you dies, the, the block goes away, including for the child. So now he's like, I can go see this kid. This would be great. Um, he goes, and when he gets to the... It's Christmas time again. When he gets to the father's house, which is like a secluded cabin, he sees he, he sees a little girl, and he goes up to talk to her, and when she turns around, it's a little Asian girl. So we deduce that... We've wandered into Heroes Reborn? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> It is a horror show. <laughs> oh no! We deduce that wife cheated on husband with Glenn from The Walking Dead. Yes. he is alive. <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> with an Asian, random Asian dude that they, ha- they saw, and then he can—he's going through his memories, like re- like literally rewinding and watching, it, and he could see her reaction to this guy. Like they were at a karaoke night. And she sang like a really touching song. And Racist. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was the only Asian guy there. Everybody else was very, very white. Um, so he goes to confront the father, the, you know, his wife's or ex-wife's father about the situation. And he's like, where's my daughter's? Like, you don't have a daughter. This is her daughter. Get out. Leave. Gets really angry and hits the guy with a, like a, a potted plant or something. And he he knocks he just about knocks the, the the father out and he runs. The husband the you know Potter gets into a car and, and drives away. When that happens, the father dies, and he has control. He has care of the little girl. So apparently, the little girl hung out there for a couple of days when nobody came to help, and Grandpa didn't wake up. She gave him his Christmas present and went to go get help. And seeing as they're in the middle of nowhere, she ends up dying in Aww. in the woods. Now, they're going back and forth between a flashback of the story and John Hamm egging him on with this conversation. So, 
we flash back to this apocalyptic looking future and and just John Hampson and he goes, Oh my god, so so you you killed the father. And he you know, Potter gets a little real somber and he's like He's like, well, you know, admit it, it'll help you feel better. You know, confess to it. It it'll it'll help you you know, move on with your life and he's like, Alright, yeah, yes. I killed him and it's the worst thing about blah blah and he's like, Oh and John turns, he's like, I got it. Done. Get me out of here. And then we realize that he, John Ham, pulls out of this situation, and he is with the police. The situation all takes place because they took the chip out of the dude's head, Potter's head, put it into a computer program, and then made this whole simulation to get him to confess to the murder of the father. And uh-huh. John Ham is forced to go in there because he's being brought up on charges for the the murder of the kid from the beginning. So he's helping out the police. And he's also being charged with like peeping Tom disorder. Like like he's a deviant. So he has to do all of these things to help the police catch the bad guy and, and the the reason it worked so well is that before he went in or before he actually started this whole process, he made this chip guy think that he had been alone for five years or just with John Ham for five years and it had only been like two minutes. So John's like, All right, I did it. I'm I'm free, right? I can go. Everything is cool. And they're like, Well, we're gonna let you go, but not everything is cool. Um, you're gonna be put on the registry, which I interpret it as like some sort of like pedophilia type thing. Like everybody needs to know that you're a bad guy. And when you're put on this registry, you're blocked by and from everyone. Oh. So he, except for the police, except for law enforcement. So when he leaves, he sees the entire world as that fog, as that static and everybody sees him as this glaring red beacon wherever he goes so that everybody knows that he is a bad human being. That's some next letter uh, scarlet next level scarlet letter stuff right there. Th- that okay. And that's where this episode ends. The 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 thing with Twilight Zone, the stories were always very very engaging, but they never ever ended out beneficially for anyone. Nope. There was time now. Okay. This hit that it all the episodes that I watched, they did it perfectly. That it seems like someone is getting the upper hand and and things are going to work out and then just one little switch and it just knocks their legs right out from underneath them. It's so well done. It's I mean, engaging beyond all belief. I mean, I highly recommend it. Very, very good show. Black Mirror, I think it's got three seasons um so far. Or it's working on its third season. So I it's it's on the I think I was watching it on Netflix. Yeah, I was watching it on Netflix and the Christmas episode I had to hunt down because it was so new. So check it out. Really, I really good. I think uh, a lot of the premises for the episodes seem to involve technology in some way. Like it's a kind of a near future world where people have things, you know, that they don't 
they don't have now, but you could see that being a technology 10 years from now oh, yeah. or something. Very, yeah. And there was one episode which seemed very dystopian. Um, I don't know if you watched the second episode of the first season where... Have not gotten there yet, but there's I intend to. The, I mean, the theory is is that the whole world is powered by people who are riding um, stationary bikes. And like mm. they have to do this to accrue some sort of credits to then try to get on a... Uh, like a what's the American Idol type show like that oh. seemed like way kicked into the future but all the other episodes that I've watched so far very very near future just with a few little tweaks of what the, obviously we're all heading for at some point in time once we can figure out how to get cameras into like contact lenses it's gonna happen and the creepiest thing is when they're when they're watching like you could either project your 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 memory bank onto a television or you can watch it yourself through your own eyes. And whenever they watch it through their own eyes, they get this. It, it, do you remember Vin Diesel's eyes from Pitch Black? No. Uh, it's like a, it's really like a, a weird glisteny glaucoma look, which it just Ooh, sounds dreamy, right? And it just goes on. You see that like they're watching TV, and then it just goes away, and then they continue talking as if everything is. It's really off-putting. It's really interesting, like the. Um the premise of this one that you're talking about, the Christmas one, like the legality mm-hmm. of this whole, like being able to record everything you ever see. Right. That, that is really interesting to me. Within, within this episode, just so they can explain the whole chip theory, there's like a subplot that I really didn't pay much attention to, but it gives, it gives the backstory of what John Hamm's character is good at, like his job. And, this woman has her chip duplicated, and they take that chip and put it into what looks like an egg. And he convinces the the, the 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 it's like almost as if they're sentient, because the the chip thinks it's the girl, but it's not. It's a duplication, and he charges her with running this woman's house. So because she knows her so well, like she knows how she likes to toast. She knows how to keep her, you know, appointments and all of that stuff. Like she's in control of the the minutia of this woman's life. It's like having like cloned yourself a servant. Yes, almost. And turned that servant into a house, you know, where everything is automated and and it's just everything is at the touch of a button. Um, And it's funny because when the, the, the clone... First, beca- realizes that you know shit's not going the way she thinks it's supposed to go. She fights back, and due to the fact he can control time, he makes her like he makes the sentient computer chip sit and do nothing for six months. And hmm. when he comes back, he's like, "Are you ready?" And she's like, "Please give me something to do, because I've uh-huh. been sitting here for six months doing nothing." And it was like fifteen to eighteen seconds. So it's it's a really neat theory or concept how time and and all of that stuff plays into this whole storyline where people thinking that they're they're wasting away years and years and years when it's actually days minutes seconds so really really good show Te- please check it out so cool all right all right uh it's time for a little break so please um check out our sponsors Did you know that people still make Nintendo games? You know, like the original Nintendo cartridges? 
Dustin Long of Studio Dust Mop knows, because he's one of those folks who's crazy enough to produce one of those things. The Stone Age Gamer crew had interviewed him to prove it. Don't miss the Stone Age Gamer podcast, episode 73, Star Versus. That's the name of Dustin's game. I'm Chris Randazzo of this week's episode. You may recognize me from this week's episode, this week's episode. I'm also a Star Wars fanatic. Star Wars is coming back in a big bad way, but as much as The Force Awakens looks to be setting the Star Wars ship right, I feel like there are some necessary steps Disney needs to take to future-proof one of my all-time favorite brands. Check out my insane ramblings in Saving Star Wars, located in the Think Tank. Marvel is certainly up to something in their post-Secret Wars comic book universe, and that something involves skinny jeans and pumpkin spice lattes, because Marvel is nothing if not a basic bitch. Is the new Marvel universe truly filled with thick-rimmed glasses and an air of unwarranted superiority? Is Spider-Man a vegan? Is the Hulk starting a band in his Brooklyn loft? Find out in Paper Cuts, issue 57, The Incredible Hipster Hercules. Broadway! I love it, you love it, but who has the money and time to go? Sure, we could all just watch endless reruns of NBC's Smash, but if you don't hate yourself, why not try Broadway HD? What is Broadway HD, you ask? Why, it's a new service that might just give you a chance to see Hamilton before the year 3021. Check out Karen Randazzo's look at this promising new service in Broadway HD Makes 21st Century Groundlings of Us All, located in the Think Tank. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you for paying attention. You're welcome. Um, so, this week our feature topic is uh, the new Muppet Show. Well, no, it's just called The Muppets, not The Muppet Show. That was back in the day. But it is a Muppet show. Yes. About a show hosted About by a Muppet. Muppet. Whoa, that's like Muppet Inception right there. Muppetception. <laughs> um, this week's episode, or this, the most current episode, was <laughs> titled "The X Factor," which makes it sound way more involved <laughs> than it than it actually was. Um, the git for this episode is Kermit needs to find a birthday gift for his girl. His new girlfriend, uh, what's her name? Denise, I think. Denise? Who mm-hmm. the hell cares? I think. Um, shockingly enough, Kermit is dating another pig. Apparently he doesn't learn. Um, but he is strapped for time, and apparently he's a horrible gift giver. So he asks Piggy, Miss Piggy, let's be formal, to help him out. Because she apparently is the best gift giver ever. And that is brought to our attention because she has a thank you note from Queen Elizabeth. Because <laughs> she gave Queen Elizabeth a GoPro, which I found hysterical. <laughs> yes. I want to see that footage, actually. Just like it taped to her crown in some way, shape, or form. She's like chasing corgis around and shit. That'd be awesome. Um, and, and all in all, like, there's some little bits and pieces of the episode where, y- you know, it's... Funny here, funny there. There's a little little side track of um, Kermit going to a like a pottery painting class with uh, what's the character? What's the other character's Scooter. name? Scooter. Scooter, and Scooter is all about the pottery painting, <laughs> like to an extreme. Um, that you know, he's trying to figure out a gift for his girl. He's going to make something nice. 
Scooter picks apart his gift. It was horrible. So he... And... Go ahead. Scooter has no place to be picking apart anything with the sad state of his life. Well, he loves his mother very, very much. He's like Principal Skinner. (laughs) I just feel really bad for Scooter. Like, like, this is the most pathetic version of this character I've ever seen. And... (laughs) But he seems happy. Yeah, he does. I, 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 I'm gonna. I can't remember mom's scooter's mom's boyfriend's name, but I'm gonna just wing it because he's like, I'm going home to mother. I don't care if it's Ken time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, poor scooter. And I do think you nailed the name there. I think I, think I did. I wasn't 110 on that one though. Um, the the who was the the. The human guest star. Kristen Chenoweth. Chenoweth, yes. She ends up with the band going to do a live performance for one of their parents' anniversaries. Yes. I think Karen summed this up best as after we finished watching the episode. She said, you know, Dr. Teeth and that whole band, better in small doses. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole plot line seemed really creepily just, just, just pointless to me. I added the word creepily because I think Kristen Chenoweth has an oddly sized head. <laughs> oh, she's this giant head on this teeny tiny body, and this isn't a Leonardo DiCaprio situation <laughs> where like DiCaprio's head just blows up like a balloon for whatever reason. Like seriously, that guy's skull—he's got a problem. But like Kristen Chenoweth, I don't know what it is. She's like, she's almost like a living stick figure with this giant with head. a bobblehead. With a bobblehead, yeah. yeah. She's supremely talented. She's very, sure very she's talented. a perfectly nice lady. But she was—I don't know. She was she was one of my favorites on uh, pushing pushing daisies. Pushing daisies. Yes, I never watched that. Oh, show. such a good show! Definitely have to watch pushing daisies. Anywho, she ends up getting left out into the in the desert. Um. So with that being said, we we go back to actually Piggy doing a really good job of getting Denise a gift. Like she 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 stepped up to the challenge, even though how awkward it was for both of them, and gets her the perfect gift, which happens to be a jewelry box with a charm bracelet. And the charm on said bracelet is a bottle of ketchup because apparently Denise puts ketchup on everything. Um, but the get is that if I, 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 I'm pretty sure that the song that the jewelry box is playing is Kermit and Piggy's song. Yes. Yep. All right. I see they how they tied that up, and the little interstitial where Piggy is talking to camera about yes, well we're friends and that's what friends do. But it is really messed up that he asked me to buy his girlfriend a present. <laughs> Don't yes. do that. It is indeed messed up. <laughs> um, I mean, all in all, it's it's an entertaining show. I I had a good time. The 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 only thing I don't feel like I have to pay attention to it. No, you know why? Because you've seen all of these episodes before. Really? Every single one of these episodes is... It's its a sitcom trope. Every episode oh. has been like, oh, I've seen this episode oh. on seven other sitcoms already. I really thought that you meant like I saw it on the old Muppet show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. like, wait a minute. I know Kermie was faithful to Miss Piggy the entire time. <laughs> the problem with the show is that every episode is fine. Yeah. And yeah. it should be good. Yeah, and like the jokes, there's like there's good jokes. This show makes me laugh, like actually laugh from time to time. But the the problem is, is that all all in all, the rest of it, just just everything about it, just screams 
<laughs> mediocre and it just screams average sitcom except wrapped up in muppets the, the, i don't remember what episode it was but what like there was a joke that made me laugh out loud because someone says hey beaker does an amazing impersonation of miss piggy and they turn the camera to beaker and he's like me 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 and i like ha ha out loud when that happened the rest of the episode meh not so and much and that's and that's the Muppets being the Muppets, and that's when the show is great. Otherwise, when it's trying to be this, you know, modern sitcom BS, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So apparently there's some sort of news going on with this show, Chris? Uh, yeah, the showrunner has been let go, uh, and after episode 10, I believe, the uh, the Muppets going to take a very brief hiatus and then come back with a new showrunner, and... Um, the the reason that this is so exciting to me is that one of my one of my complaints about this show is that it's like ABC did this because they feel like they they feel like this show could be potentially damaging the brand of the Muppets and they give enough of a crap about the Muppets to not just cancel the show and be like no no we believe in this concept but we don't believe in what you're doing mm-hmm. so. Uh, GTFO, let's find somebody who can actually do this concept justice. Uh, and and that was that was really exciting to me because I do believe that there's promise in in this show. I mean, you've got the mockumentary style, which has been done to death. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, sure, you can make that work if you really need to. Um, but the idea of Miss Peggy being a talk show host and everything else going on behind the scenes being the 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 meat of the show is very similar to the original Muppet show like it was a variety show and then you got all the stuff behind the scenes and it would be pretty neat to see some more of the stuff that's actually on the Miss Piggy show uh being all muppetized and 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 funny and goofy the way they used to do it on the original Muppet show but also to I believe we talked about it on our show before uh, when we talked about the Muppet Muppets briefly was like the Muppets had this reach of being, you know, good for everybody. And this new show tends to just kind of hit us with these odd adult, I used air quotes, adult-ish situations. I don't think it's necessary. Like, it doesn't need that to be funny. And it's not the point of these characters. So, well, why not make a show that works the way these characters are designed to work? And it seems they might have, I, I don't know, because I, I did power watch a bunch of them together. It seems that they toned down a little bit in the the the, the forcing of a, adultness into the the yes, the Muppet. they definitely did. You're absolutely right. Um, but it's still there's still certain situations that you're like, ah, I don't feel like this is really like there was. I don't remember what episode it was, but when Fozzie goes to Jay Leno's Jay Leno, yeah, Jay yeah. Leno's house, and he steals. Mm-hmm. The steal something and then feels guilty about it and can't find a good way to get it back to it. Where have I seen that before? Oh yeah, sitcoms. <laughs> like it. It seems. I don't know when. When it comes to this show, it seems like they try so hard to get every Muppet in the show, every episode, and I don't think that's necessary. Give me a couple. I. There's too many storylines and too many. It, it's a, 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 a quiet beat joke, quiet beat joke, quiet beat joke, 
joke, joke, joke, joke, joke, quiet beat, joke, yeah, quiet very beat. Very formulaic. And it's not, it's nothing new. If they, like, maybe slowed it down a bit and gave me a little something, like, show me, like, I don't know, the tech guy. Like, whoever the fuck that character is. Ugh, get rid of that the, thing. The, get rid of that thing. Every time it's on screen, I'm just like, ugh. Why is that ugh, so like, important? <laughs> I don't. I don't even like looking at it. The thing is, like his pupils blink. Yeah, it's just it's this giant <laughs> egg with it's it's like a stereotypical mouth breathing nerd that's not funny. It's not even close to funny. It's not even in the same zip code as funny. It's just this horror show. And you know what it is? And it's friggin' Big Bang Theory humor. It's that that character is Big Bang Theory the Muppet. And just so happens that this show was created by one of the people behind that stupid freaking show, Big Bang Theory. And so that hard, horrid, putrid, nerd-shaming humor is bleeding into the Muppet Show with that atrocious, blasphemous cretin of a Muppet that should be burned at the earliest convenience. <laughs> God, that thing makes me sick, and that show makes me sick. But So, really, Chris, I, how do you I feel... Wish that yeah. About the tech Muppet. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> don't hold back. No, sir. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> you, you had to see him wind up for that line. It was fantastic. <laughs> see, that's the one thing I'm not, I, I, I don't like about doing the, the show this way, is that you get to see him. I don't. <laughs> He's all mine. <laughs> But really, that's like, like all right. So they're going to change certain things about the Muppets it's, going forward. It's supposed to be like a soft reboot. Yeah, it's like a right? soft reboot. So who's like go, everything that's happened leaving? has been in. Who's getting kicked out? It's not the jackass from um, uh, what's it? Uh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Okay. It's um, you know what? Let me look it up. I, it's. Yeah. Is it Bill Prady? I think. Because Bill Prady and Bob Cushel are the creators. So I don't. Uh. Bob Cushel leaves. No. Oh, okay. okay. He's the showrunner. He stepped down. Uh, the The series is getting a soft reboot uh, after episode ten. And uh, I, I, there's, you know what? If I was going to pick something to change, it's uh, <laughs> the tech guy. I mean, there's a handful of things, but yeah, you know what? Get rid of that thing. Get rid of that horrible, horrible thing, and I never want to see it again. <laughs> I would like to see more of the Miss Piggy show. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good one. The the like there was a couple of episodes where they actually you know with uh, the girl from um, oh my god married with children, Christina Applegate. Christina Applegate. Thank you. Like there was an interaction between her and Piggy on one of the episodes, whichever one it was, and it was the show. It was Miss Piggy's show. Like I enjoyed and that's that. That's great. It's it's very entertaining. Josh Groban whole storyline that was yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And yeah, I mean they had a lot of skits and sketches on the original Muppet Show, and mm-hmm. you know there's no reason they couldn't bring that kind of stuff back because yeah, that no kind of stuff is being done on late night on other actual late night shows. So yeah, what, go and for the it. The thing Miss is, Mickey. is like having a sitcom that works that way. That would be something different. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't necessarily be new per se, but there's nothing else doing that right now. Yeah. There's, no. there's just not. And and that's what these characters were built for. 
That's what they're designed for. And I get trying to do something, you know, you want to keep your characters fresh and do something different with them, but it's like, you know, hmm. I, 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 just, I wish I could think of a great metaphor, but I, you know, you wouldn't use a sushi roll to fold a burrito, you know, mm-hmm. just because you can doesn't mean you should. Beautiful. I think about food a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, like you said in the beginning, want to see them uh, figure out which characters work better in small doses and keep it that way. Like, the band works in small doses. Do not give them a B-plot. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, which whichever one it was, I think it was Waldorf that ended up in the hospital because of the t-shirt cannon. <laughs> that was too much. That's a funny gag, but it didn't need to be a whole Yeah, B-plot, no, we didn't know? need to, like, go to the hospital and follow up with this whole damn thing that wasn't... It was not funny. It no. was Fozzie driving around, doing a bunch of BS. You knew it was going to be a prank on him. Mm-hmm. You saw where it was going 50 miles ahead of when it got there. Because you've seen TV before. As you've seen TV before. Stick with the main characters and add the other ones in, like, seasoning now. This is where the internet's going to get in a fight with me because I consider Pepe to be a main character. <laughs> and I know other people don't like Pepe, wait, wait, but I love Pepe. Uh, he's the shrimp. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying you think he's a main character in this show. In this show, yes. yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. He is definitely. No, a... He has become a main main Muppet. But see, and even like a character like Pepe, he, he just the way he talks, it's not like overbearing. He says his little gunshot joke <laughs> and then that's it like okay we, we get him that's enough <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah i think i think he's used well i think i mean we have like not seen any of gonzo yeah he's been criminally underused dude gonzo, gonzo sh- yeah uh, who's the, f- the the female rat his assistant She's she's fun. Okay, I'm, like, I'm enjoying uh, her being peppered in there. I haven't seen you know Rizzo's been used about as much as you should use Rizzo. Gonzo should be used more, definitely. Uh, uh, I, I'm liking just the right amount of whatever that creepy guy is. I don't know his name. The one who's like Miss Piggy's assistant guy, the costumer guy. Yeah. Oh, I like him. It's like Damien or something like yeah. that. Yeah, they're they're using him perfectly well. I like him a lot. Uh, the the big bear. They use him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whatever his name is properly. Um, not Fozzie Bear. Who's the dog? Ralph. Ralph. Yeah, we barely oh, Ralph. see yeah. any Ralph. I need Ralph. to see more him. I really do. Because every time, like, the last time I saw him, he's like, oh, how'd the surgery go? He goes, oh, it went great. But I kept biting him. And he's wearing a cone. Uh-huh. Like, that's funny shit right there. Do that. And and they have currently have him, him, have him running a bar across the street. Yes. Like, how, how are, are you we gonna- not seeing the Muppets hanging out over there mm-hmm. more often. Like, yeah. We've seen the Muppets, like, go out for a drink, like, when uh, when Gonzo was using the dating site. Why wasn't that date set up at Rolf's bar right. so we that could pull valid him point. in? point. Didn't even think of that. I actually forgot all about Rolf uh, having the bar. Totally forgot about that. Was it, were they even at the... It. Were they at Rolf's bar when they did the whole karaoke where Miss Piggy mm-hmm. invaded their party? Was that Rolf's bar? If... If they Maybe. were, they didn't make enough of a point of that to make an impression on my brain, right? Yeah, that's an absolutely yeah. valid point. Like, the, I feel like they sh- they're, they, they're peppering in too many stars, okay? 
or how do how do I say this right? It's the right amount of stars, but they're not using them enough. Like real human people. And it, yeah, like Lawrence Fishburne, they used properly. Yes, but that was, that's his thing. Like that was you could tell that was his drive-by shooting thing. But you know, uh, Christina Applegate did a fantastic opening, and then at the closing, that was it. It's always saw her. And then you get someone like the the, the stick figure with the, the bobblehead, which she was in the whole episode. Mm. And I didn't I didn't need that much Kristen Chenoweth. I didn't either. I mean the the Hemsworth episode was was kind of amusing, but oh, you can give me all the Hemsworth you oh, want to give me. Christ. I'm okay with that. <laughs> we get it. He's an attractive I'm, guy. <laughs> I am actually surprised that they got him. Like. All these other, you know, like Lawrence Fishburne is on an ABC show. Makes sense. He was on it. All these other, like, there's a certain level of stars. And then they got him, which, not to say that Liam Hemsworth is the biggest movie star on the planet, but, you know, he's in one of the most popular movie franchises going right now. And he came on The Muppet Show. Which which franchise is that? Hunger Games. Yeah, he's Gale. Oh. See how much of an impact that movie has had on my life? (laughs) Well, you know. You're lost. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I don't know. It it is a it hopefully is a work in progress still because mm-hmm. first season. Well, I mean, we're getting us off reboot, so it's definitely a work in progress. Yeah, which I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, are they gonna change 180? Are they gonna switch gears completely and give you something else that I have to get used to again and find a, another bunch of things wrong with? I you know I have absolutely no idea. I mean, it's entirely possible that we're going to get a new showrunner and the show will be stellar and through the roof wonderful, or maybe it's just going to suck. But I feel like I feel like ABC wants to do right by this show because they already ordered you know a full season's worth of episodes, mm-hmm. so they already went ahead and say we want all these episodes, and then they said, all right, we want to do this, we want to back this show, but we want the right person to be behind it because what's happening right now doesn't work. So they have enough now, confidence in these characters, enough want for it to do well, that they're they're going to try to put somebody else in charge of it and see if they can make this work. Now, with the news, seeing as I didn't look at it, is it AB, it's ABC, right? Mm-hmm. Did ABC ask Bob to step down, or did Bob say, I'm out? I'm pretty sure ABC asked Bob to step down. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Okay. Um, I'm confirming that right okay, now. Because, Please talk amongst because yourselves. Because there, there, there is a difference. If Bob, you know, if Bob has his own ideas and whatnot, and he sees that it's not going the way that he wants it to, and he's like, "All right, f- fuck it, I'm out," and he bounces, there's a big difference between that and ABC going, "This with this is not good enough for these characters that we love, so we need to find the right person." Bob, you're out. It it could go either way. I yes, I believe that was the case that ABC asked him to step down and I forgot the other piece of news that I think is really fascinating is that the person that's taking over is Kristen Newman who was the showrunner for Gallivant. Did any of you guys watch any of that? No, no. I did not catch it. That show was pretty cool. Um it was a musical comedy uh set in medieval times. <laughs> um Sold. it had it was it had Weird Al on an episode. It Even was sold it, it wasn't like Absolute home run, but it did 
it made me very happy. Like the episodes that I watched, it was about like a hero named Gallivant who you know is exactly the kind of character you think he is. Uh, and then he went to like go go marry the princess that he saved, and it was like the whole premise of the show is the fir- the very beginning of it is they go to marry, and then like the villain shows up, and it's just like, but I, no, it was uh, she's going to be forced to marry the villain who is like this king guy who's got all the power in the world, and he's really just a prick, but he's the, you know he's the evil king, and then Galavant shows up and be like, but don't you want to leave for true love? And the woman just looks and was like, you know, actually, I'm just going to stick with the crown because I'm. <laughs> I'm really shallow, and I just want a lot of money. Nice. <laughs> and how it the show always kinda, should go. <laughs> it's it was it, it's it was a fantastic premise. The show had its issues, but it definitely it, it grew on me, and I was I was happy I watched it. And it was that kind of sensibility. As soon as they mentioned that Kristen Newman was going to be uh, replacing uh, Bob Cushel on Muppets as showrunner, I thought that makes all the sense because. That show, you know, it had you know, certain grown-up tendencies to it, but it had also this family-friendly feel to it. So it was like that makes so much sense to me as as a kind of a feeling you want to go for with the Muppets, and so that that filled me with a whole lot of confidence. And I totally forgot about that before we started talking about the that's, episode. Well, but. that's a very good point that you know, someone someone's taking over that has a history of doing something relatively entertaining is is always good so i think what we can expect from a soft reboot is not necessarily like you were saying a whole new 180 Mm. degree flip of a whole new thing to get used to i think they'll probably keep the concept of the late night show and the behind the scenes and just you know fix the problems and for example they may just completely get rid of ralph's bar and put him on the staff of the show somewhere doing catering you know well, Swedish chef, dude. Oh, that's true. Um, but something like that, you know, just like fix the problems and pretend like anything that they wanted to change, just what didn't that those previous episodes didn't exist. I did make comment. I don't. I'm pretty sure it was during our commercial break where where Swedish chef was uh, singing that song, whatever song, hip hop, hippity hippity hip hip hop. You don't stop rocking the bang bang boogie. And, you can keep going. And and no, the point of the, the point is, is as he's dancing, not only it always blows my mind that he has human hands. He has real hands. He has real human it's hands. So freaky. Um, but I did notice that he's wearing a wedding ring. Yep. Swedish chef's he's married. married. <laughs> and we've he never is. seen his wife. Nope. And it, it is something that happened. The character didn't have a wedding ring for like a long time, and then at a certain point. It, he started wearing one, and it's been on ever since. Ah. Shubity gurdy married. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! That's my favorite thing to send to anybody who's getting married. <laughs> Is that song from okay, that movie? It's a little too late for this because I'm going to start getting the giggles. All right, so we're 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 hopeful, I guess, right? Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to see what this new b- reboot brings us. So you're saying um, it's it's episode eleven is supposed to be? The yeah, reboot? I believe episode eleven will be the reboot. Should be it'll continue through the episodes they have planned right now through episode ten. Take a brief hiatus, come back uh, yes. with fancy schmancy new stuff. Yeah, because we're at what uh, episode six? This is six, so yeah. we'll probably get the new episodes in the new year. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Wow, it's already getting there. Jesus, Christmas, Christmas, mm-hmm. ah. All right, so recapping, uh, 
I am giving a big thumbs up to Black Mirror. Oh, heck yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not a big investment, people. It's maybe eight hours. Check it out. Uh, what, Wicked City? Yeah, check it out. Uh, I'm not, it's not the most the world's most enthusiastic recommendation, but uh, but I think it's worth uh, it's worth keeping up with and seeing where it goes. And just in case you forgot anything about the '80s, it's a refresher course. Um, and <laughs> Dragon Ball Super. Yes, if you are a fan of Dragon Ball, definitely watch Dragon Ball Super. And I guess we already conferred that we're all going to check out the Muppets in the future. Mm-hmm. So I think that just about wraps it up. Christopher, you're not a Christopher. I don't ever call you Christopher. I don't ever want to ever, 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 ever do that again. I'm sorry. Chris? Thanks. Tell us. I mean, my name is Christopher. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Fair enough. His mom calls him Christopher, and I have, like, a really hard time balancing myself. Like, I try to call him Christopher when I'm talking to her about him, but it just (laughs) bothers me. I don't know what it is. I'm I'm Chris. Uh, I'm not a Christopher. (laughs) You've always been and always will be a Chris. Chris, give us the deets about the old social media stuff. Speaking of deets, like deets. I don't like that word. Speaking of words, I don't like. Anyway, <laughs> once again, you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest and greatest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I am available at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is available at geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is available at shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about any of the shows we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or other fancy schmancy podcast providers. And where if you're super nice, you can leave us a five star review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day and keep spreading the URL. Bring back Mystery Science Theater. Back to you, Evan. <laughs> yes, please check out. Uh, we will link it in our show notes. Um, even if you can't donate, please get the word out there. We want to see more of this good television movie funny stuff. So, with that being said, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Chris. And I'm Karen. Good night. I'm Dan Ryan. <laughs> I'm stopping the recording. <laughs> oh, shit, I never hit record. <laughs> and this concludes our broadcast day.